business-to-business sales leader looking to lead your sales team to new heights? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. Hello, my name is Josh Sweeney, joined by my co-host, Taylor Barnes. Taylor, how are you? Josh, I'm good. I'm bad. I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm sleepy. I'm energetic. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a lot. Are you okay? Uh, I think I'm just suffering from a bit of a personality disorder. Man, that sounds like a great topic because <laughs> I feel like maybe we deal with salespeople that have the same disorder here and there. On a daily basis. (laughs) All right. So obviously we aren't really doctors and we're not really talking (laughs) about the real multiple personality disorder. So let's be clear on that. All liability waivers have been signed and explicitly mentioned (laughs) for this broadcast. That's right. We did watch the movie Split. We did watch the movie Split, but that's about the extent of our knowledge. And uh, (laughs) so we're going to stick to what we're good at, Josh. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about that leader challenge. The leader has to manage people, salespeople who seem to have multiple personalities from a maybe minute to minute, hour, hour, or day-to-day basis. So why does this happen? Man. Why does this go down? (laughs) What an emotional sport this is, you know? Bottom line, sales is a high-low game. Uh, There's going to be some amazing moments and you're going to feel that momentum as some people call it big mo, you're gonna be able to ride the big mo wave and things are going <laughs> great. And you get into this flow state, kind of like Kobe used to get, where I mean the, the hoop is enormous and you, and you can't miss, right? And on the flip side of that, you hit a rut sometimes, right? And for whatever reason, you've lost a lot of deals in a row. You've lost deals in the 11th hour, deals have been canceled, whatever it is. The high low is a big one, Josh. And I think when reps feel that managers don't necessarily know how to manage to that. Yeah, I love the quote. I mean, sales is an emotional game. (laughs) And those high lows are high highs and low lows. Like you said, I mean, one day you're doing account management and trying to close more and then the client's unhappy about something and and you lose an account. And then a day later, or maybe an hour later, you sign a a huge contract and it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. That's a lot to deal with as a sales manager. So, 100%. 100%. And, and any sport and any manager and any job, doesn't matter if you're in sales necessarily or some sort of other performance game, if you hit a rut, if you're doing awesome, that high low whiplash is something that's very, very tough to manage to for the individual, but absolutely for the sales leader. You know, another reason that I, that I see this a lot and I see this on a daily basis in our organizations is that it seems that their work life is a balance versus an integration. And the things that we try to coach in my organization, not not to get into the solutions too much, but you know, it's an integration. It's not a balance, at least in, in my opinion. It's one of those things where I don't think you can do one without the other. So if one's messed up, it's going to throw things off and it's going to bring potentially a different kind of personality into the office that day. You know, things might not be right at home or things might not be right at work or things might not be right in either case. And you experience that same kind of thing, Josh, with the high, low and the whiplash. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of emotional baggage that carries over from home to work, right? And and we all have to understand that we're all people at the end of the day. And there's distractions and there's other reasons people might not be on their game or or might be crushing it. You know, you think they're crushing it because 
were doing great jobs as sales managers and providing everything they needed. And it was like, really, they got elevated because, you know, everything's firing at home on all cylinders. You have no idea that that's the reason. Exactly. So there's all kinds of impact from, you know, the external environment, home and and other things that are going to impact that high-low as a salesperson. 100%. And have you seen this one, Josh? Let's let's say me and you work together. Me and you are good buds. You know, we're in the cubes together or whatnot. You're killing it. I'm not. Oh, yeah. That's the one that I see the most of where sales reps are like, well, this is ridiculous. This is still, why, why am I here? This guy's no better than I am, but his numbers are good. And that level of, again, it's an emotional sport. That level of, <laughs> he's better than me. This is crap. The victim mentality starts, again, so many personalities come out on a day-to-day basis. I, I, have you seen that one? Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it can actually go both ways. So, I mean, you mentioned the way where yeah, somebody yeah. else is crushing it next to them and it's demotivating. You know, for some people that are more competitive, I think it's motivating. True. You know, so I like to take those people and go get their LinkedIn picture and put it on my wall and, and yeah. have a big marker handy so I can draw an X through it when, yep. you know, when I crush the sales quota, you know, I'm like, right. okay, pass that person. No problem. Yeah. You know, but, but that's not always the case. I mean, some days you do just feel down from it. You're like, man, I got to flip this around. Uh, and that who knows, who knows why that is each day. I know it. I know. It. And you know, you mentioned that it, that it sometimes flips. You're hundred percent right on that. In that same vein, the individual that is either motivated or demotivated based on his peer doing better than him or her, the peer that is doing better might be in this middle of this extreme arrogance game, this yeah. egotistical game. And now they're just walking into their sales manager's office and they're like, I'm the best. Don't worry about me, boss. I'm good. That's just another emotion to throw in this entire thing, <laughs> right. you know? And uh, so these right. managers, I'm telling you, I know you and I have been there. We see it all. Oh yeah, definitely. I think another one that comes up for me is everybody has different personal motivations and it doesn't always seem to be consistent. You know, I know I sit down with employees and say, you know, you need to know your goals so that I can help you achieve your goals at work and in life. Mm. And if you don't know them, I can't help you get there. And sometimes it's like, eh, I don't know. Or, you know, well, what are you trying to achieve with, you know, if you're going to sell more and you're going to make more revenue, like, what are you trying to do it for? What are you, what are you going to buy? What are you going to do? Are you going to go on a vacation with your kids that is memorable? Eh, I don't know. You know, and it's like, well, it's really hard to, you know, drive motivation in that way. But, and it changes though, right? It changes, it can change from day to day around personal motivation and how they're feeling. 100%. And I mean, again, without getting too far into the solutions, which we're about to jump into, if as a sales leader, you're not aware of your salespeople's individual motivations, then it's going to be pretty tough for you to get the most out of them. I mean, basically, if your heart's not in it, Uh, How can you expect your head to be in it, right? So on a day-to-day basis, these sales leaders don't understand the individual motivators, money, family, community, service, whatever it is, you're really going to make, you're really not just banging on all cylinders. Yeah. So, I mean, that leads us into some solutions. And, you know, first on our list was knowing their motivators. So, So there's a couple of ways we can find out motivators. Personality assessments often tell what their actual motivators are. I find this is really interesting because as a topic, a lot of people say, well, it's a salesperson, so they're motivated by money. 
right? And really what I found is that's not actually the case. They're motivated by what money goes to buy them, right? Or, yeah, yeah, or help yeah. them achieve. So, you know, if I'm really motivated by spending quality time with my family and money goes to paying for those trips, that's really what I'm looking for. Mm. And as sales managers, we've got to jump to that end game to pull out the emotion of that trip with their family and what they're going to get. Not that we're they're going to get a bigger check because that's not really it's not really getting to the heart of matters. What are some other ways that we see that where we can solve it with understanding their motivators or how we can understand their motivators? Yeah, I mean to boil it down at a very mind blowing science experiment here. <laughs> ask them. <laughs> ask them what motivates them. I Ooh, mean, it one. is. I know. I'm, you can hit rewind if we're losing you here. We'll play that one again. Yeah, you can go back 10 seconds or so. This is something that I think a lot of sales leaders overthink. As we talked about, some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by family and time and community service and giving back. Teamwork, in some cases, the younger generation specifically, according to the numbers, are very, very motivated by a team sport versus an individual sport to bring camaraderie and branding and whatnot. Now, there's a lot of different you know, for most organizations, a sales leader is going to have more than one person on their team. So we can just assume that different people are going to have, there's going to be more than one motivator on your team. What I like to think of here in a lot of, is getting along the lines of creating an, an impact plan, an immediate impact plan. And if you do that, you know, you're obviously going to be able to align and synergize with your individual salesperson immediately, but you're not going to be able to even begin that impact plan until you understand what gets them out of bed in the morning. Their why, you know? And as Josh said many times, there is money as a motivator. Okay. You will probably get that answer when you ask. And money being a motivator of a salesperson is a great thing, you know, if it's channeled in healthy, energetic ways. But what you really want to uncover is what Josh said. What does the money buy? Does it buy things? Does it buy freedoms? Does it buy experiences? And whatever that is, that's where you can really lean into it and start relating things like their performance into what the ultimate output could be for them. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think you hit on the action plan was one that, you know, came into my mind because I would love to be able to not only for salespeople, but for anybody, you know, reach into their employment file and pull out the action plan and, and know what it yeah. is. You know, especially when you're managing multiple salespeople, it's a lot to keep up with. What totally. what, what motivates each person? But if you yeah. have an action plan that you sat down and really thought through with them, I think that's one way you know, we can really solve the multiple personality because when they do have some sort of challenge or they do have that low, we can bring it out and say, this is what we're going for. This is what we're trying to achieve. And you can reinforce that. And visuals are always great for it, especially if the action plan has some visual elements. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm sure you've seen this one too. I think another solution to getting people to, I'm sorry, to get to get sales managers to help, you know, the multiple personalities is really just, it comes down to coaching. Obviously, as sales leaders, we are there to, you know, bolster our teams to create rockstar sales teams to produce top line revenues, etc. But I would say that what comes along with that, especially in the sales game, is really the need to explain that information is going to be good and bad throughout this entire journey. Right? It is. You're going right. to get good news. You're going to get bad news. In fact, Josh, I've never heard of a closing percentage above fifty percent. So most of the time, it's bad versus good. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's probably more bad than good. You probably lose more than you win in sales if you break it down to a percentage. Now, 
granted, regardless, what we need to be able to coach in that earlier example we were using with the peer-to-peer is that to quote Tim Grover from Relentless, you can't believe in your own hype when you're doing great and you can't lose your shit when you're doing terrible. You got to find a way. Mental toughness, the, the definition of mental toughness is avoiding those two things. Is staying very even keel, right? It's like the Stoic philosophers used to say. They would control what they can and, and let go what they cannot. And information, bad or good, would just become information, like cars and traffic going each way. And if you can kind of get your mind wrapped around that, I realize that that's kind of a little bit deep, typically for sales. But if you can, you know, paraphrase it in your own words to where they're not going to have that whiplash effect based on what you can coach them into knowing is coming, then I think you're going to get ahead of the game. Yeah. I mean, that mental toughness comes in every day. You know, you have to grind it out. Like you said, the closing percentage is probably not 50%. Right. If it is great, you're working a lot of premium leads and sure that's are. awesome. Yeah. But the reality is, is a lot, it's going to be lower than that in most cases, especially in larger organizations. You know, you're going to get a number of leads in and, and you got to be mentally tough. You got to stick it out. You're, you're talking to, you know, for every, for every 10 conversations, you're probably getting really one deal is yeah. a lot of times or one opportunity out of those when you're prospecting and doing other engagements. So like you said, I mean, you're losing 90% of the time with those types of metrics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We got to coach them up. Yeah, exactly. And good segue there. I think in general, we can coach these salesmen to gain some mental toughness by not adhering to the high-low. But I also think we're going to have to take it a step further and coach them into a little more work-life integration. This might be a little tough for sales managers because it does get a little bit personal. But in the same breath, guys and girls, we can't kill it out there unless we're preparing in here, right? We have to practice before we can perform. There's a lot of different analogies and metaphors <laughs> and everything I could use here. But if you think you can do one without the other, I guess is my point, then I think you're severely mistaken. Work comes with life and life comes with work. They supplement each other. They feed each other. They're completely contingent in, in a lot of cases on each other. So the idea of balance, my personal opinion is, is a myth. The idea of integration, I think, is healthier. So you could possibly gain some education, gain some wisdom, ask around, read books, whatever it is, but help your individuals through more of a work-life integration than a work-life balance. Expecting them to be one person here when they're a different person at home probably is not going to be sustainable. And that work-life balance is really, like you said, getting into providing additional assistance to them. And it may seem personal, but it really leads us to our last solution, which is understanding them at a human level, mm. you know, understanding that it's more than just showing up for work. You know, people are having health challenges, you know, challenges with teenagers, yeah. you know, younger kids, spouse, you know, there's all kinds of dynamics that are happening. And it's almost just sticking your head in the sand if you don't try to address or help or acknowledge those in some way. Mm -hmm. And there's the right balance, but you do have to understand them at a human level and then see how you can help. Where do those bounds, you know, where do those bounds start and stop? And what I generally find and would say, I would think most sales managers don't go far enough 
right? They don't yeah. recognize the human level. They don't see how else they can help. And there is an opportunity to do that. And when you do that, you get to build a really good relationship. Yes. And it needs to be a trusted relationship so that when things arise, when somebody is having that low game, you know, that high low or having a bad day, you know, it's easy to have those conversations because you actually have in-depth conversations on a regular basis instead of it being your first one, you know? That's right. That's right. And tell me if you agree with this. When I look at the sales manager asking and gaining some wisdom on what motivates the individuals, for me, this is looking from the outside in. It's a win-win. You're going to learn something about your employee that you can lean into down the road and probably get the most out of that employee. The employee immediately knows that you care and you're willing to invest at a different kind of level in them at the human level, which is only going to do things like, you know, have them show up to work, ready to work for you, enjoy their time and their energy for you, consider you a captain that they want to go to battle for. It's a win-win. And I will, I will warn you, warns the wrong way. I will encourage this because simply based on the rep's reaction when you ask them this is worth it. It is <laughs> absolutely awesome to see the rep go, whoa, wasn't expecting that. Thank you for asking. And I really think the pros significantly outweigh the cons. Even if you think it's too personal, I agree with Josh there. It's not that personal. Yeah. They're probably really surprised when you've yeah. done nothing but ask them about why they're not hitting quota for <laughs> two years. And then all yeah. of a sudden you take interest in their personal life. So that's, it. that's why you have to start early, you know, start in the, yeah, early in the hiring process of really getting to know them. So the final question, what are you doing to recognize when a second personality shows itself <laughs> and how are you managing it? And this has been Barnes and Sweeney with Purpose Driven Sales. Now go lead on purpose. Thank you for joining us on the Purpose Driven Sales Podcast. If you've enjoyed the content, the best thing you can do to support us is go out to iTunes and give us five stars so that we can continue to reach more sales leaders.